Hello friends. Today I wanted to talk about just living in the present moment in seasons of waiting. So for the past 24 hours, um, I've been watching some videos off and on throughout my day. Um, it started last night. And obviously, I haven't been watching, like, tons and tons of videos because I've had other things that I've had to do in my own personal life, duties, other things. But I've been quite distracted for the past hour or so because I've had a lot on my mind, and I thought I would kind of share this with you guys. So I started watching some videos by this married couple, this Christian married couple, um, and their channel on YouTube is called Chad and Tori Masters. And they're just such a sweet, like-minded Christian couple. And I was just kind of, I felt like God had put those YouTube videos in my YouTube feed for a reason. And I know that sounds stupid and it might sound like I'm making excuses for me being distracted when I should have been studying. But I do feel for a reason that what I heard in those videos was what I needed to hear. And I also watched another video by a different YouTuber. I can't remember what the YouTuber's name was or what her channel was, but she, um, it was a two-part video and she had people ask questions like on Instagram and then she had her guy friends answer them. So it was like, you know, my guy friends answer questions that, you know, girls are too, Christian girls are too afraid to ask So these Christian guys. And it, it was a lot about just you know, what does a guy look for, um, you know, what is, like, how far is too far in a relationship before marriage, all these things, you know, what, what is, what are good Christian men thinking of when they're trying to get into a relationship, you know, trying to get into the male mind, because as a female, we don't know, basically, so it was just very interesting watching these videos, And seeing people's, I guess, like, standards and it, for some reason, it gave me this great amount of hope. So as someone that has never dated, has never been kissed, has never been in a relationship, um, all the things, has never really had any close guy friends except when I was really little, I have this strong desire to have some good guy friends and be in a relationship and the older I'm getting the more I am longing to settle down to make roots and to have friendships with people that are long lasting and friendships with people that are like family um and you know I think a lot of what comes to mind when I think of these things is just commitment and trust those are the two words that come to mind because with any friendship or relationship you have to be committed you have to think of things in long term and another thing you have to be open to is that that person might not be in your life for forever so what I think about this is like when you know I think about friends it's like you have to cherish every moment that you have with your those friends because there might be a moment where one of your friends moves away 
to a completely different state and you never see them, you know, ever again. Or maybe you, you just don't, you see them less. There's these things that happen and sometimes, you know, God could just change our life and the life of someone else that we know in an instant and it's just really important to be aware of that to be open to God's plan for us and also just to be super patient in the waiting so when we are longing for answers when we are longing for something for someone it's it's hard it's hard to be content in the now and the the beautiful thing that um Chad mentioned in um Tori's wife in this video um Tori and Chad Masters just look them up on YouTube just a cute funny adorable um Christian couple and you know just them talking about some um juicy topics that's what they you know labeled them as um because it's not it's not like it's unclean to talk of those things that's the thing is when it comes to these certain topics that are that are basically those topics that should be reserved for marriage um I think it's important that people like the this couple are talking about them in a sacred healthy holy way because they're married and all that kind of stuff and they're talking about how people should wait for marriage should you know, do all these things, why it's more fulfilling, why it's important to, you know, really make sure that the person you're marrying is the one, all of that. These are things that as we grow older and we get into certain relationships, we should be thinking because when you're dating, you have marriage in mind. So if you don't have marriage in mind, if you can't see yourself marrying the partner that you're dating, and you've been dating that person for a long time, and you've been taking it seriously, it might be time to do a lot of discerning. Well, I know that a lot of people listening to this are probably on the younger side and are probably in a similar situation as myself. You know, someone that has never dated, that's never been in a relationship, um, but is finding a lot of frustration in the season of waiting. I just kind of want to throw this out there because you're not alone basically. Um, and this couple, as I was <laughs> trying to say before, um, you know, they talk about certain topics, but one of the videos that they had that I started watching was talking about how to be content in the now, how important it is to just be present. And, you know, Chad, he says, don't waste your time thinking about the future in the now. He says, I wasted so much of my time in the past when I was hurting and in a season of waiting, thinking about the future, when I could have just been content with the present moment and, you know, before I even knew it, God was going to bring me something special and important. And I, you know, like I thought I was going to have to wait for for forever. So, The thing is, is I think once we stop chasing for things ourselves and we just step back and we appreciate what God has set before us in that moment that we are in, God starts to work miracles and do wonders. He always has been. We just don't seem to notice it when we're trying to chase after things ourselves. But we notice it a lot more when when God is like, is just doing it and we're allowing him to do it. 
um, and we step back and we let Jesus take the wheel, as people say. And when I think of what it means to be fully happy and content in being single, I think about how important it is to to know ourselves, to find confidence in ourselves, and to work out our vices and replace those vices with virtues. Because if you do feel that you are called to the married life, it is very important that you work on those things, those bad habits, those vices and things, before you ever consider being in a relationship, especially like, you know, a very serious relationship. Because I think before you even think about settling down, it just makes sense to work on those things. Because while we are imperfect in that there are some things that we might always have to struggle with, those battles we might always have to face, for example, I might always have to battle anxiety. And I have to think, okay, how is that going to affect others in my life? You know, would that be, you know, detrimental to my future spouse's mental health? So how do I learn to combat it? How do I learn to have, you know, others around me be understanding? How do I try to, you know, like, you have to start thinking those thoughts. And there is so much that comes to mind when you think about, like, all the things you need to talk about before you marry someone and it's insane you know as I have been trying to read some books and things about just kind of embracing singleness embracing you know the moment that you're in you know just praying and hoping and deciding all these things that come with growing up in this period of my life where there there's a lot of new beginnings and new things ahead that I'm just eager to jump right on you know this crazy train and just start doing everything but I know that my heart and my mind isn't ready and that's what's important so I find in my heart the strong desire to settle down and get married and have a family but I'm young and I still have a lot that I have to do you know I have to you know graduate I have to do all these things and I have to of course meet someone and another thing that I'm also trying to keep in mind is the first person that I date is most likely not going to be the one. I think the chances of that happening are very small, are very rare, and that's okay. I think a lot of the times, especially girls, have in their head that, you know, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to meet this amazing guy, and then he's going to ask me out, and or I'm going to make the first move, or something like that, and then you know, we're going to live happily ever after. And then before we graduate, we're going to get engaged. And then we're going to have like a a fun, you know, like spring wedding the next year. Like, (laughs) I think that's, that's the expectation that we have as, as women, we just expect, oh, we're going to find the one right away. And maybe guys have this thought too. But I think another thing that I'm also realizing is that it's going to take time. And it's going to take, and it might take trying to date several guys before I find the one. And that's okay, because that's why it's important to to have boundaries in relationships, because you don't want to, like, tell someone your every secret, every insecurity in a relationship when you're first starting out, because then you could end up 
not being with that person like a month later you could break it off and then that person would know like everything about you and they could use that against you or you know they'll go go tell other people if they're upset whatever it may be so I think in terms of building relationship it's important to have boundaries and it's important to have patience it's important to just take a lot of time and discernment and prayer and I think this is important with anything and everything in our life but I think as we get older and we start discerning more and praying more for our vocation for the big decisions we have to make like what college am I going to go to what am I going to do after college you know all these things that come to mind when we start growing up and we are in that different period of our lives where we are more independent where we're making more decisions by ourselves and these big decisions that you know impact our future it's important to keep in mind that like one God is a merciful father and you can always start again so yes there are bad paths but there's not a you are forever gone don't turn back like your shunned path you know (laughs) so that's something to just keep in mind but when you're growing up and you're experiencing these things and you have to make these decisions it's important to just have a really great relationship with God he needs to be your best friend like this sounds weird but like maybe if you're longing to be in a relationship with someone, like you're longing to have a boyfriend or whatever, maybe just talk to God instead. And I know it sounds weird, like, oh, Jesus can't be my boyfriend. (laughs) No, he can't, okay? That would be weird. Um, But what I mean by that is in those moments where you feel lonely and you're longing to be fulfilled by someone else and having someone else's presence in your life, I think it's really important to turn to God in those moments where we find that we're lonely and we find that we are longing for someone or for something, for that feeling of of being wanted and loved, whatever it comes, you know, whatever those whatever feelings come up when we are experiencing those thoughts, I just think it's so important to turn to God and ask him to fulfill us and help us to realize he is the only person that could ever fill the gaps in our hearts and he proved that by showing that he would do anything and everything for us that he poured out his heart for us by dying on the cross for us so why would we sit around and say I'm lonely I have no one when he's over there bleeding on the cross looking down on us saying you're not you're not lonely you know like this proves that you're not and I think that's something that's been going on a lot in my head recently because I have been really lonely um it's hard because I think in the period of my life that I'm in you know friends are busy friends are going separate ways people are in college like there's it's just that period of my life where I'm like now what and I'm longing for you know just quality time with friends and and family and maybe a boyfriend all these things but life is different than than what I want it to be and that's okay so when I feel those moments like when those moments of 
loneliness come and when I feel this strong desire to be to be loved and to be wanted and to be accepted that's when I need to turn to God because he's the only one who could ever fully fulfill me and I have to learn to start turning to him instead of worldly people and things and feelings for comfort before I could ever think of dating anyone and I think that's something that is just even more important (laughs) to realize and to start doing as you get older because I think when you think about getting a relationship I know personally for me I'm so eager to get in a relationship that I feel like maybe if I get into a relationship I'll just be like great god thanks for that I'm so happy and I'm afraid that I might start being like I got all I need and I might start neglecting God. And if that happens, that's not healthy. That's not true. That's not a, that's not a good relationship. And that's not, that's not going to help anyone. That's not going to help you. That's not going to help your boyfriend. It's not going to help anyone. Like, I think above all else, you have to have a firm foundation in Christ. You have to have a good relationship with Christ because you, you can't waver. And I know we are prone to doing so. I know for me personally, when I get excited about something, I'll get so excited. I'll get so distracted. I'll just be like all the emotions, you know? And I think it does make it difficult when I'm thinking about how like, dang, like I should have just thanked God in that moment, but I didn't. I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. This is so great, you know? And I think a similar thing might happen if you start dating someone or if you become really close with someone because you tend to just think oh wow like this is all I need I got it I'm satisfied in the moment so you don't think about thanking God you don't think about turning to him as much and don't get me wrong like you certainly can and you might but I feel like you just how how can I say this like because I don't want people to think like oh like scare someone being like oh since you're dating that means that you probably have a better relationship with God that's not what I'm saying so what I'm saying is that this could happen with any friendship any relationship that you have it could be like literally just like I don't know bonding with a family member I don't know what it is but what I'm saying is that sometimes when someone gives us that attention that we long for and that time that we long for that quality time we tend to kind of get caught up in our own feelings and in the moment and all that kind of stuff that we forget to thank God that we forget to have a good firm relationship with him and that's why I'm saying in your season of singlehood it's very important to pray and pour your heart out to God in those moments where you feel lonely and you look around and you see other people in relationships and all these all the things you get all the feels and you watch the Hallmark movie and you cry you know whatever it may be like turn to him because he's your very best friend and he's closer than your next breath and it's so beautiful to think of that because he could be like he should be your guide he should be the person you turn to for relationship advice he should be the person that you turn to to thank for a certain person in your life 
um, whatever it may be. So why not in that season of loneliness and that season of singlehood, maybe if you're longing for, you know, good friends, you know, good group of friends, maybe you're longing for um, more friends, maybe you're longing for, you know, a better relationship with certain family members or um, you want to get closer with someone in your life or you're longing to be in a relationship with someone, dating someone, or you're, you're already dating someone, but you want to go and have a deeper relationship with that person. Um, whatever it may be, I think it's just important to always have God in mind and everything. And I'm, I'm probably sounding like super cheesy, but what I mean by that, again, is that God is the reason why we have the people we have in our lives. And I think, why not just pray for our future spouse? Why not pray to have good friendships and relationships with everyone around us? You know, pray for the people we know, pray for the people that we're close to. You know, why don't we turn to him in those moments where you know, we are longing for something more because he's always listening. He's always there and he's closer than our next breath. So why, why just be anxious in the waiting when you could be thankful and happy in the present moment? Um, there's no sense in wasting now worrying about the future or fantasizing about the future, because trust me, I, I'm there, I've been there, I'm still there, you know, like, me just wanting to be like, can I just graduate already, and can I just, like, get the dream job I have, and start a family, like, why can't I do that right now, you know, me thinking about how I want to have, like, a super cute house with a bunch of kids, and a bunch of, like, cats and stuff, but I'm like, man, I still have so much more I have to go through before I can have that before I can do that and it's kind of like well why why can't I just have that now and I think it's just it's beautiful that God gives us these these moments where we are discerning where we are confused where we're at that part in our lives where we're kind of like okay just a lot of decisions a lot of big things coming up a lot of new things that could come up you know, how am I, how am I going to react? How am I going to respond to, you know, God's voice? Because I think we tend to get carried away. As we get older, we tend to get carried away with the world and we forget what's most important because we're busy, because the world never stops running and we never stop running and we think life is a marathon when it should really just be a clumsy dance that we let God direct and we you know, he just orchestrates it and we just dance along to it and it's not perfect. It's not, it's not always pretty. And that's how we should look at life. But the world views it as just an opportunity to, to make more money, to be more successful, all the things. And I just think it's beautiful that there's so much more than that. When we, when we think about life when we think about success when we think about growing up whatever it may be because that's not 
what life is. Life isn't money. Life isn't fame. Life isn't success. You know, it's none of those things. And it's important in all that we do to step back and say, how am I, how am I serving God? How am I thanking him? How am I content in the loneliness? How am I content in the brokenness and the trials that he's been giving me? Because in those moments where we feel faint, where we feel lonely, where we are in the waiting, we have to turn to him. Because we'll never be able to... I'm not saying that, like, if you don't do those things, you're going to be in a bad relationship for the rest of your life. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying in order to have healthy relationships, in order to fully give back to others and embrace ourselves and be obedient to the Lord, do all the things that we have to do, we have to turn to him and we have to thank him and we have to rejoice at the sight of trials. So here I am, you know, today thinking about how sad I am that I'm in this weird period of my life and I don't like it and I want just I want all the things all the exciting things to happen and I want the new things you know I want new things new new um places you know I just I want to leave I want to do all these things I want change and as I was thinking about this throughout the day my desire to travel my desire to have deeper friendships and relationships and whatever it may be. I found an answer to something in a way that I didn't think I was going to find. So watching that video today of this married couple answering some questions and stuff, it did make me realize how important it is to just be content in the now, you know, um, and they quote this Bible verse, this is the day the Lord has made, you know, rejoice in it. And I was like, man, I should start repeating that to myself because in those moments where I'm thinking about the future, where I'm anxious about the future because there are some big decisions that I have to make in the next few months that could really just affect my mental health, that could really affect my whole life in general because it you know involves me moving it involves me doing all these things so it's kind of like how how do I make the best decision when I currently am confused and I can't even figure out whether or not I'm going to have cereal or yogurt for breakfast in the morning you know (laughs) these things that run through my head you know that I'm that, that I'm like anxious about certain things like negatively anxious about certain things like and then there's kind of like that healthy anxious where it's like okay maybe it's good to be a little scared because that means I'm going to be careful and then I'm you know and then there's this other type of anxious where it's just like can we just get it over with you know so I have a lot of feelings and it's all a part of growing up these growing pains but I had a lot of self-realization today as I was thinking about how I longed for You know, I longed for a relationship, you know, like I longed for a boyfriend that I could 
you know, marry and, you know, start a family with all the things. And I think as I was thinking about these things, how I was going to have to make a lot of decisions and, you know, how, you know, there were a lot of people around me that I noticed were starting to like, you know, get into relationships or, um, move on or all these different things in my life as I'm seeing a lot of change and I'm wondering okay when when's it my turn you know I sound like you know Ariel like when it's my turn (laughs) wouldn't I love like that's that's what I've been feeling like recently (laughs) um but like as I was thinking about these things today and I watched this video and I've had all these thoughts racing through my head that's made it difficult to study and do certain things, I think God has helped me realize something really important and he's been reminding me through certain people and certain things. Like today I started listening to um, Raymond Arroyo's book that he wrote. Um, It's a biography on Mother Angelica and... Oh, it's so good. So good, guys. Listen to it on Audible. I think you have to pay for it. It's not for free. But the reason I'm saying listen to it instead of read it is because Raymond Arroyo, who wrote the book and was close friends with Mother Angelica and interviewed her for many years, like once a week for several hours, and really got to know her, knew more about her than anyone else. She said that you probably know as much as God does about me, but even... God knows more than you will know. Um, you know, all the things. She she was like this amazing, amazing spunky person. And Raymond Arroyo is like, she had all these trials in her life. And, you know, she had all these physical, you know, health problems and these physical you know kind of like disabilities in a way and all these things that could have stopped her from you know creating EWTN and her having her own show and building a church like all these things but she didn't let it stop her and I'm sure she experienced a lot of periods in her life where she was waiting. She was waiting patiently for God, and she thought, is he ever going to answer? And I just love her. You know, I always thought she was pretty amazing. You know, sometimes I would watch the show. Um, but anyways, so good. But um, the reason <laughs> why I'm saying you should listen to it instead of read it is because he, he narrates it. Not only did he write it, he also narrates it. And he does such an amazing Mother Angelica voice. Look up, if you haven't heard Mother Angelica speak before, look her up and then listen to Raymond Arroyo do his impersonation of her. And oh my gosh, they almost sound identical. It cracks me up every time. I love listening to it. And I listened to it on my walk today and I was like, oh my goodness. Like she... She's such an inspiration. She's such a spunky person. She was like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going to let people tell me no. I don't care. And he described her as a modern Teresa of Avila. And I was talking to my dad yesterday, and he said, Allie, I think you need to read 
more about Mother Angelica and Teresa of Avila because these were people, and even tries of Lisieux, these were bold saints that when the church said no or when others said no, they persisted because they knew that God had a desire, put a desire on their hearts, put certain things in their path for a reason and they weren't going to let it stop them and they were going to take those desires and run with them and all the things and he said in those moments where I, I you know I'm I am waiting where I am comparing where I'm confused and I'm lacking confidence in myself and my abilities I need to look to the saints especially these women who just set the world on fire because they were themselves because they embraced you know the truth and they spread it they just like they they just basically not only did they spread the truth throughout the world but they they lived the truth because through their actions they were a testament to God's love and how every person's path is going to be different. So when I look at these three women, I think, okay, they are very different people, very different. And they live their faith lives, their faith lives very differently. You know, Teresa of Avila, St. Teresa of Lisieux, and Mother Angelica, they all lived their faith lives very, very differently. But they have this one thing in common, and it was that it was their determination it's the fact that they wanted to set the world on fire, as St. Therese, not St. Therese, as St. Catherine of Siena wrote, um, you know, be who God meant you to be, and, you, you know, you'll set the world on fire. It's because they did that, that these women are all, like, they're, they're just, there's so much in common, and there's so much for a woman to look up to, that it, and, and even, and, and men too, I'm not just saying, like, women but when I'm my main audience is females so I'm directing this to women basically this is a talk for women because when I'm talking about self-worth I'm talking about relationships and how oh it could be so frustrating in singlehood or you know should women be the pursuer all the things um I think of beautiful from you know beautiful testaments to how you can live a good, bold, impacting life as a woman, as a daughter of God. And these these three women have really come to mind these for this past 24 hours as I've been reading their works, as I've been thinking about all these things and reflecting upon these things on my heart because they they had a lot of seasons where where God said no, where people said no, and they had to wait and they had to be patient, and they had to trust, and and what happened? God provided, and everything worked out as it was supposed to work out, so it's just, it's so, I guess, comforting to know that there is beauty in the waiting, there's beauty in being patient, and allowing God to work within our lives, as we are waiting, you know, whether you're waiting for, um, 
maybe you're waiting for a relative to be born or you're waiting for a friend to come back from college or you're waiting for, you know, whatever it may be that you're waiting for. Find beauty in the waiting and turn to God in the waiting. So that's just kind of my spiel on <laughs> um, on the beauty of waiting the and just embracing the present moment. Um, and another thing I want to talk about is some things that we should be doing in addition to growing our relationship with God. So what are some other things we could be doing as women to prepare ourselves for being in a good, holy, healthy relationship with a guy? So another thing that comes to mind is don't be the pursuer. I know it sounds kind of weird, but I was reading this book called um, The Princess Guide, and I believe it's by... Is that Janessa something? I don't know. See, I'm bad with author names when it comes to, like, authors that I've, like, never read any of their other works before. I just, like, will read the book and I'll be like, that was good. Or I'll, I'll go back to it. This is a book that I'm coming back to. I've come back to at least two or three times. And I kind of read whatever section I need to read at the time. But basically, it's called The Princess Guide because... Um, she uses, you know, everybody's favorite fairy tales as a way to kind of build on top of, like, what the church teaches about certain things. So, I think, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but it'll kind of, like, talk about, like, it's not a princess book or anything. It's meant for for um you know teenage and young adult girls um because it talks about certain topics like contraception um you know is it okay to live together before marriage you know these certain topics that we should cuz like the thing is is like while I know I would not live with someone before marriage while I know that com- contraception is wrong and I wouldn't use it all these things it's important to know why even though we know why for the most part, as as Catholic women or Christian women, like how how are we being testaments to that, and how can we how can we properly answer to someone that like why we don't do these things basically? Anyways, um, I was reading that book, and it talks about this thing called Adam and Eve syndrome. So, what is Adam and Eve syndrome? Adam and Eve syndrome is basically what toxic masculinity and this whole feminism movement is. So Eve syndrome is basically, this is what the author says, it's basically women thinking that, just power-hungry women thinking that they have to make all the decisions, that they have to, you know, be some crazy scientist that's, you know, curing the world instead of a stay-at-home mom. And then, basically, like, women have to be the pursuers. And then there's Adam syndrome, which is basically men doing the sitting around, just kind of letting women do what they want because... 
you know, why fight? Why why try to stand up for something good? You know, <laughs> why? So basically, like, an example of this would be, um, you know, a couple wants to get an abortion. And the wife is like, well, I'm going to go through with it. And maybe the husband is kind of like, well, I don't feel comfortable. Or the boyfriend or whatever is like, I don't really feel comfortable with this. He's thinking this inside. But he's like, well, you make the decision. It's your body, your choice, as they say. That's an example of toxic, like, and then it's, like, also the whole, like, toxic masculinity, like, toxic masculinity and all that stuff, like, with the feminists and, like, all the feminists are, like, we don't need men, we can do things ourselves, and men are, like, cool, whatever, I'm fine with that, like, no, no, you're not, and the reason, the further reason, like, a further reason why it's called Adam and Eve syndrome is because she kind of elaborates more on this and talks about, you know, the meaning behind behind it and the genesis like the fall of man in genesis is how it's eve syndrome because eve gave into temptation women are prone to temptation especially um longing to prove that they are capable of something that they're more than men or whatever all that kind of stuff so she was like bro i'm better than god okay and i can prove that so she falls into this temptation. She falls into sin. And she's ashamed of it, but her pride gets into the way. So she covers it up, and she covers it up with this act of, this fake act of confidence, this fake act of, oh, I, I'm, I'm fine. I'm like better than everyone, all that kind of stuff. And I can do the decision-making for, you know, Adam and I, all that, you know. And then here's Adam over here who's being like, who lets his wife do it, who goes through with it, and, you know, who who also goes through with it because his wife is like, do it. And he's like, fine, because that's the thing. Men think it, they, they just give in and they don't want to be the pursuer anymore. They let the woman take over. And I was like, man this is sad, but this is, this is society. And how, how do we change that? You know? And, you know, Adam syndrome, I feel like for men has made men think, oh, it's normal for girls to chase after me. I'm too lazy. So men have become lazy and they have become the waiter instead of the pursuer. And they will let people like women control them they don't stand firm they aren't they aren't they aren't leaders so that's basically what adam syndrome is and that's what eve syndrome is so just throwing that out there because i might use that term for the rest of this episode but basically what you can do as a woman of god is not pursue after a man don't like be like don't ghost someone like (laughs) Okay, if you're really not interested in someone and that person's, like, just not a good person, you can ghost them, okay? That's fine. But what I mean by that is, like, okay, don't completely, like, ghost someone or, like, play it cool. Don't do that. Like, be respectful. But, like, when a guy puts himself out there, know that it's a big deal, okay? And know that it's not easy. 
it's actually really hard for men to be the one who who takes initiative in this day and age because it seems like it's wrong. I don't know. But a lot in the a lot of the videos I I was watching like not a lot of them. I didn't I really only watched like four videos, guys, but um the there was like a two-part one. I again, this is from a channel I don't remember the name from, but where she was like I asked my Christian guy friends questions that girls are too afraid to ask. And the guys were all saying and then even in the um, video where this girl's like, I ask my husband juicy questions, girls are too afraid to ask. They're all like, Christ- these are all Christian videos. But of course, there's like certain things that are mentioned that like, you know, it's all clean. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they're they're twisting something. They're just saying the truth. They're just saying what the church teaches and all that kind of stuff. But anyways... So all the boys said that it is, they find that it is attractive when, well, not attractive, but like, how do I put this? They basically like it when they are the pursuer, when they are the leader. And it's not in a way that they're trying to like degrade women and make them feel small and like, they have no point that's that's not what they're saying they said that they like when they do that because they feel like that's what men are supposed to do and they're right these men are on the right path okay keep in mind that a majority of these guys that like other than chad the guy in the married married to um this girl named tori in this youtube channel and then the married couple like they're married but all the other guys in this video I was watching were single I was like man these men are are going places okay like I'm just happy that they're seeing these things and it brought me hope because as I was reading about the Adam and Eve syndrome the other night and then I watched that video last night with those guys you know and those Christian guys answering those questions that their 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 friend that was a girl was asking them um I gave me, it gave me hope that there were still men like Joseph in the world. Like, you need to find your St. Joseph, not your Adam, honey, okay? Like, that's basically what you need to be thinking. So, guys, if, they're, if they are in the right mindset and they are pursuing God and doing all the things that they need to be doing, they will pursue you. And they love doing the chasing, you know? The thing is, a lot of them said that they find that they don't always do that because they don't want to overstep. They don't want to make a girl feel uncomfortable. So they don't just do that. Like, they said that they have to know that the girl kind of has mutual feelings or they have to have, you know, just like a good firm, like friendship foundation at first and all these things because they were like, you need to have a friendship to fall back on because. If not, then, you know, it's never going to work. So, reason being, like, you could really like someone that you're best friends with. And it would be fine to totally date. And if it's not, if it doesn't work out, you don't have to, like, completely ghost that person forever. You know, you never have... It's not like you have to be like, I'm never going to talk to them again. I'm never going to see them again. Like, it's okay to, to fall back on a friendship. And I even heard stories from Catholic couples and things talking about how um, 
they they dated temporarily and they were friends and then you know like some people were even engaged and they broke off the engagement and then they got engaged again like there's nothing wrong with going through those periods of of a relationship where you fall back on a friendship for a time so I think they were saying that it's important that you first have a firm friendship foundation before you get into relationship and they talk about how guys these guys just they were like dude we love it when we can pursue a girl and then they're like and another thing they said is like don't want to crush anybody's hearts I'm sorry but this is truth this is the truth um most guys if if a guy's not coming up and taking initiative and he really likes you and he there's you're giving him some hints that he that you like him then that means he's not interested and it's like, dang, that might hurt some people. Is <laughs> kind of what the they were saying. They were like, man, like nobody wants to hear that, but it's true. And they're like, this could also happen for girls. Like, if a girl isn't pursuing a guy, like you know, if a guy's making an effort or whatever, and the girl's not reciprocating that, she's not interested, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think, I think we're so off, like, more often than not, we're worried about hurting someone's feelings or appearing a certain way or whatever, but basically, like, if if you as a girl are having to do the pursuing, that's not going to be a healthy relationship. That's not going to be good because you're going to be the ones making the decisions, you're going to be the one carrying the bulk, and that's not how it should work. It should be the other way around, and I think our society says, no, that's fine. That's why a lot of girls think it's fine to just be like, I'm just going to ask the guy out. I'm going to talk to him first. I'm going to do all the things. Because I think we've all fallen into the Adam and Eve syndrome. So it's not to say that like a girl could never ask a guy out. Like I'm just saying it's healthier and it's a sign of a good good relationship a good blossoming relationship if the guy takes initiative first so don't go and chase after a bunch of boys let them chase after you okay (laughs) um and that sounds weird but you know that's basically what the author of the princess guy was saying this chapter she said everybody's so eager to just find the one that they're like, I don't mind asking this guy out. And those boys start to become lazy. They start to fall into the Adam syndrome. And we as girls start to fall into the Eve syndrome. And that's not right. And guys just find it attractive when when girls just are themselves and they or just kind of chill and laid back and they let them do the pursuing and the girls kind of reciprocate that back if that makes sense so that that's what I kind of gathered from these guys these Christian guys and I was like man good for them because I felt like it was like everything was all being pieced together as I was praying as I was figuring out all these things for the past several days you know really trying to pray for my future husband and trying to pray like for myself and it, like basically like what what do I asking God like what do I need to work on where have I fallen short so that way I whenever you bring someone into my life you know we are able to have a good strong relationship because I'm not you know falling into all these bad habits that could ruin the relationship or whatever it may be um you know I just think 
all these things are perfect timing. Like me finding that book again and picking it up and then those boys in those videos talk last night that talked about, you know, basically Adam syndrome and Eve syndrome and they didn't even know like that I you know, that what those terms were and they didn't say it in the exact same way that I had read it the other night, but it was like God was trying to tell me, Allie, you don't need to be doing the pursuing. You don't need to be doing that. You need to wait and you need to be patient and there's nothing wrong with being Rapunzel in a tower. There literally isn't. And I think we need to be. And Rapunzel is one of my favorite Disney princesses. But I feel like Disney did kind of make her a bit of a pursuer, a bit of a more... I guess a character more, I don't know, just a character that falls into the Eve syndrome, you know, but it's not like she needed to be saved. She, she saved herself basically. And she used a guy. And that's one of the reasons why I don't like Disney's version, but I like, I don't know. I like it, but I don't. She's not, she's definitely one of my favorite Disney princesses, but I think all these new Disney princess movies that have come out over the past several years have been the girls doing the pursuing, the girls doing the winning, the girls fighting, doing all the things, and the men on the sidelines. They're an afterthought. They're just an aid. And I don't like that. I don't think it's right. And it's brainwashing little girls' minds into thinking, oh, that's what I have to do. And I feel like it almost brainwashed mine in a way as a child growing up thinking there's nothing wrong with me asking a guy out or making the first move and I actually kind of did that in fact I um had a crush on someone in my class this year and I was like why not be the first one who reaches out so I started messaging him and whatnot and I was like I got to a point where I was like this just feels weird like I don't think he really likes talking to me and he's just trying to be nice and that's why he's talking to me so I decided to not talk to him and see if he would reach out no he he didn't he literally didn't reach out to me so I ended up just kind of like just asking him how he was took him forever to reply and I was like that's it I'm done and then week flies by and then this was like a few days ago I was like I'm just gonna pick up this book again I'm tired of this I'm tired of all of it like, why do I fall so hard, so fast for certain guys? And why does it seem like I'm always having to chase after them? Then I read that, read, read those pages and I was like, oof, maybe I did that. <laughs> maybe I need to stop and I just need to be, I just need to be content with being me and confident in my own skin and let people come to me because that's how it should be. Um, so it's just, it's interesting to think about because there is nothing wrong with, with men doing the saving and women doing the waiting in the tower. There seriously is nothing wrong with that. And I'm sorry if you disagree or, you know, society disagrees with me, but that's, that's what I believe in and as I've been thinking about these things and as I've been kind of like sad that I'm single and waiting in my tower I'm seeing that there's so much beauty in waiting in my tower because I'd rather have someone slay dragons for me and prove their love 
for me, then be like, oh dear, you go do that. Um, you go, you go deal with the dragon. I'm gonna sit here and eat nachos and play video games. Yeah, my friends, that's the dumbing of our society (laughs) and how they've been trying to brainwash us since we were children by putting those ideas into films, especially into Disney princess films. Think about like Moana, that isn't even a romance film and it was like literally like I'm going to go save like, I'm going to go on an adventure, and then I'm going to save my land from this curse, and all stuff. I'm like, oh, I can't, I just can't watch those movies anymore, and I'm like, then I start to think about, you know, the older Disney princess movies, where, like, Snow White was like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna wake up until you kiss me, I'm sorry, (laughs) you have to come after me. Oh, want to know my favorite Disney prince, because I'm like, dude, he went through everything for her, like that's true love is um i love aurora i love i just i love i love love sleeping beauty because aurora is in this enchanted sleep and philip prince philip had to come and slay a flipping dragon that was like this demonic lady who put this curse on her and he like fights her okay he kills her (laughs) he wins and he proves his love for her and he chases after her and she doesn't have to do the chasing he does the saving like i'm sorry what everybody else says but he's the best disney princess and not disney princess (laughs) what am i saying (laughs) i'm so tired he's the best disney prince And Aurora is probably the best Disney princess for, like, example for young girls. And I would also say that, like, while Cinderella is kind of, like, I just think it's kind of weird that, like, they fell in love and then a few days later they're like, happily ever after, let's get married. Like, that's not realistic. But Cinderella does go to the ball and she leaves. She leaves her glass slipper and he is like, I'm not going to bed. I'm not doing anything until I find her because she's she's beautiful, she's kind, she's elegant, all the things. And I'm going to prove that, you know, I'm worthy of her love by tracking her down. Like, not in a creepy stalker way, but it kind of is. Anyways, like, those are the those are the Disney princess classics that I feel like offer young girls good examples of what a good firm foundation for a relationship should be set on even though those aren't really realistic examples those are far better than the Disney examples that we have today um basically don't fall into the Eve syndrome or the Adam syndrome let the guy do the pursuing and be patient, find beauty in the waiting, pray, and focus on your relationship with God because God comes before anything and everything. So, you know, it's just really important to do that. And another thing you can do, and I believe I've said this before in the past, is it never, ever, ever hurts to pray for your future spouse. Like, never does. Because, like, even if you don't end up getting married and you end up becoming a nun, 
God will use those prayers. And when God becomes your spouse, when you enter into religious life, like as a nun or a sister, depending on what order you go into, he's going to use those prayers. Like he'll like, he'll be your spouse and you have this beautiful relationship with the Lord. Um, and, and if you get married, God will use those prayers and will strengthen your husband and will allow him to be a good leader and allow him to be, um, a St. Joseph and not an Adam. So those are basically my thoughts on singlehood, being patient in the waiting, what you need to do, what I have realized, how even though I'm basically, I'm going to bring, I'm, I'm just going to, instead of telling you all my thoughts right now, I'm going to put this simply by saying what I feel in a quote because this is better than, you know, me trying to process out all my thoughts and explain it. So this is much more powerful and much more simple. So in the 2019 version of Little Women, in the 2019 version, like adaption of the little of Little Women, um, Joe is like, you know, I'm just so lonely. And she's like, if, you know, if Lori asked me to marry him again, I, I think I would. And she's just like, I just want to be loved. And her, and Marmy, her mom, says, like, wanting to be loved is not the same as loving. That's what she says. And I've been trying to remind myself a lot, like, remind myself that a lot recently because I have this desire to be loved. And I already am loved by God. But what I mean by that is, like, I have the desire to be loved by a guy and in, in being in a relationship with a guy. And because I'm not, because there's literally no guy in my life, like, that I would date at the moment, I'm kind of like, but maybe I would, you know, maybe I would just settle for less because I want to be loved. That's basically what she means. And her mom's like, no, wanting to be loved is not the same as loving because you don't truly love that person. And that person might not truly love you. You're both just trying to satisfy yourself temporarily to fill that emptiness and that loneliness that you have in your heart. So it's just, it's not the same thing. Um, And it's actually the idea for um, a story that I'm going to probably be writing very, very soon. It's in the works. Um, And it's actually going to be, I'm a big lover of John Hughes movies and that deserves a podcast episode to itself. I'm not going to go into that realm. Um, but John Hughes movies, love them. And there's this quote I found. I don't know who it's by. It's probably from a movie or something, but it kind of offered a lot of inspiration for what I want this book to be about. It's going to be a book. It's a romance 
novel. It's going to be kind of like a rom-com set in the 80s that's kind of inspired by John Hughes. And it's going to be kind of like that growing pain, teenage angst type of story. Because I don't think that's ever really be, been done in book form. Like, um, I don't really think there are books that are similar to John Hughes movies. Maybe there are out there, but those are definitely better on a screen than on a page. But basically, I have some ideas going on in my head that I want to expand on in this book because I just have a lot of thoughts about this. But there's this quote that is from some movie, I believe, that kind of provided some inspiration for a deeper meaning behind this story that I want to write. And the quote is, you think you're in love, but you just want to be loved. So I think when, and obviously I haven't been in a relationship before, but I think that maybe if I was in a relationship, I would just think that I was, you know, I I would think, oh, I'm in love. Like, I love this person. But I think my heart and my mind are not in the right place for that. If my heart and my mind are not in the right place for that, I'm not really in love. I just want to be loved. That's basically what I mean. So that's just something I wanted to throw out there because I think it's a feeling we can all probably say is familiar or or maybe something we've seen displayed on screen or in a romance novel or whatever that we know enough about um but it's just something that is kind of I don't know an interesting topic to to think about um and to even remind yourself of if you find yourself in a situation like that one day to really be like well am I really in love with this person or do I just want to be loved because they're those are two very different things um I think you just have to really really surrender to God before you even really think about being in a long-term relationship I don't know just some thoughts but this is just me ranting and I need to end this so I can eat dinner and do homework but I just had a lot of thoughts about this topic It's a topic I've been trying to pray and reflect on a lot because I want to make sure that when I am in a relationship, I am not in it because I want to be loved. I'm in it because I am in love with this person. And I want to make sure that it's healthy, that I set boundaries, all the things, because I don't want to ever be in a situation where, you know, I'm in a very unhealthy, toxic situation relationship situation whatever it may be so if God permits that to not be so I would be very thankful but there's a lot that I have to do on my end in order for that to be possible and I have to pray for the person that I you know might be dating one day that they might not you know be experiencing the same things that I can pray for them and it's it might sound weird to pray for someone you've never met but who knows maybe you've already met them maybe you literally walked past them in Walmart I don't know, but it's just important to really just embrace the single the singleness. There's nothing wrong with being single. And I have a lot more thoughts about this. Um, you know, even though you see younger people around you, you know, in relationships or you know, you see 
older people that you're kind of, that you kind of know, you know, settling down and whatnot, and you're just kind of like, man, I'm just in this weird period of my life. Can this stop? But no, there's so much beauty in it, and just embrace it and love it, and I promise it'll all make sense one day, and God will use your prayers and your patience to do wonderful things. Thank you for tuning in, and remember to do great things with love. You know, do those little things with love. It it does wonders. And Mother Teresa talked about that. Teresa Lisieux talked about that. So just use these women as examples. <laughs>